1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Marcus Theaters. There's a big difference between watching a movie and getting lost in one. Find out what Marcus Theaters means by getting tickets to a hot new release at MarcusTheaters.com. Welcome to the program from your Milwaukee Brewers, in the booth anyway, Brian Anderson. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Good morning. Good to be with you guys again. Everybody still has jobs. We get to do this over again. (laughs) Rinse and repeat. Well, now there's even more of you. There's still the same number of us. That's true. We're multiplying. Brian Anderson's are taking over the world. Has That's this happened way. before? Has there was there a Harry Carey on the no. Cubs or a Vin <laughs> Scully with the Dodgers ever? Definitely no on those two. I, I don't know. You'd, you'd have to have a really yeah common name. You know, most most people and you guys were in that era too. You know, they they tried to get you to change your name if it was too common. Um, <laughs> like like something cool like AJ Squared Away or something like that. But, <laughs> yeah, Dash Rip Rock. Something. Yeah. No, I I don't think it's happened. So it's been it's been kind of fun. I uh, there's the broadcaster too with the Tampa Bay Rays, former left-handed pitcher in the big leagues with the Diamondbacks and the and the uh, Cleveland Indians back then. His name's Brian Anderson. You got the White Sox, former White Sox center fielder Brian Anderson, uh, who I think just took a job as the hitting coach of uh, Northwestern, uh, their their baseball program. So. Boy, you're everywhere. It almost feels yeah, like man. it was bound to happen at you at some point with that name, Brian. I mean, like, if you got enough guys, you'll uh, you'll get that chance. I haven't had that chance, so I, I I never called the other Brian Anderson's games, the two that I mentioned. Uh, that was before I actually got to the major leagues with the Brewers, so they were long gone uh, as players when I got here. The catcher, uh, the Cardinals had a catcher named Brian Anderson, his name, but it was with a Y, so that doesn't really count. Wow, how many Brian Andersons, Brian Andersons have rolled through the major leagues? What's the most common name ever in Major League Baseball? Yeah, that might be it, actually. I'm not sure. That's a good, uh, good question. Even if there I was a... Joe Smith's out there. Even if there was like a uh, Homer Ruth, you know, that would have been... <laughs> <laughs> That would have been unusual. You know, there's no, have you heard of anybody else in the major leagues named Ruth since Babe? No. Oh, like, okay. No. I see what you're saying. Uh, no, Ruth. That's not that I know check. of. You can go to baseball reference, you know. We have, we have the technology now. Yeah. But since we started out talking about the Brewers, wow, what a start <laughs> this year. Wow. Yeah, electrifying. And you missed a good one yesterday, too, B.A., I know, and I was flying to Philadelphia. I've got an NBA game tonight on TNT, but um, but I was uh, I was paying attention, and it was great. Jesse Winker first had a huge hit to tie the game. It kind of felt like, well, maybe it's not their day. Uh, they kept giving up some runs, um, but Winker delivered. He's been amazing, and then Garrett Mitchell coming through in a big way. These rookies have been really fun. Really, I could probably group them into the newcomers. Uh, the newcomers have uh, been really fun. As I told Brewers general manager Matt Arnold, he is GMing his tail off right now because <laughs> everybody he's brought in is having great success right now. He's making this GM thing look really easy. Like, what's Man. the big deal? You know, you just go out and you find some yeah, good yeah. players, you throw uh, them on the field. 
I'm sure there's going to be a downturn and there's going to be, uh, you know, every, every baseball season has one of those, you know, one of those winning streaks and one of those losing streaks, but you try to ride these, these hot times as long as you can and shorten up the, uh, the, the bad times, but man, they look really good. It's almost like if you're deep into the weeds with the game, um, and the Brewers certainly wouldn't have known this, so there's a little bit of good fortune. But because the rule changes came in last year, uh, they decided that they were going to do this, and then you know they've gone through all this testing in the minor leagues for years now. So this was the year that they implemented it. They made the announcement last season. They were going to implement all the new rules, including pitch clock, including the bigger bases this season, and it, the the roster the way the way the, the Brewers minor league system was trending and constructed, it kind of works perfectly for what they do now. Like they're, they're a team with speed and the shifts have been removed. So they have these very talented young infielders. I mean, Bryce Terang at the top of the heat. So it's kind of worked out great. Um, almost as if they planned it that way, huh. uh, that with the rule changes in place, they, they fit right to what, um, what is going to be required for successful baseball uh, this time around. Not to mention that a lot of these guys, especially the three rookies, talking about Weimer and Mitchell and Terang, they've been playing under these roles for the last few years. So this is nothing new to them at all. This so you think they came actually, in with you think they came in with the think they came in with just a bit of an advantage over you know your career major league player? I think it's an advantage in that it's already their rhythm to be in the box, to kind of know the pace of the game with the pitch clock in play, because the pitch clock has been in play uh, for the last couple of years. So those who have come from the minor leagues, this is nothing new to them at all. So they don't have to change anything. They're they're playing in a way that, you know, for example, Max Scherzer is having to make major adjustments to how he pitches, speed, getting back on the rubber, getting back ready to pitch, whereas Bryce Rang is not. You know, this is what he's been doing here the last few years. So I think early in the season, it's, uh, you know, a lot of the rookie players are guys who have had minor league time the last couple of years. It's, it's a much easier transition for them. How are the changes working for you as a broadcaster? Oh, couldn't be better. Yeah. Couldn't be better. It's added. It's going to add ten years to my career. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you, I tell you, man. Like the last, I love baseball as much as anything, but it has been a beatdown the last five years to call these games. We, we, Rock and I will walk out of the booth just like, man. I mean, <laughs> to to the the depth of information you have to even prep for and know in a four-hour game versus a two-and-a-half-hour game, just like on its own merit, just inning by inning. Like I, you have to go ten layers deep as opposed to three. And this is actually more of an NBA pace or a college basketball pace where even in my prep, so I, I'll be like, I'm never getting that in. So I won't go as deep with the prep because you just you know you're not getting it in. But, in you know, the last – I don't know, five, six years, you've spent more time prepping because you know it's just going to come up. You're going to have – you have to entertain and you have to have information. You can't just let the thing sit there for minutes at a time. Pitching counts uh, and, and long yeah. uh, long so, stories and, about – You know, 
on the air, we've gone a lot more, a lot more statistics and analytics, and that's just dried up the broadcast to the bone too. So now we can actually entertain a little more and be more reactive. And um, I love it. I noticed I, the tomfoolery level isn't again. down. Tomfoolery no, level is not. Time, that, that didn't make the cut. Tom Fuller actually got elevated. And uh, some of the nonsense analytic, deeper analytic decisions that, you know, are really interesting. And if you have time to do it, that's great. But those were first on the chopping block. Is it possible that the game could be moving so fast, Brian? We're talking to Brian Anderson from uh, Brewers. Um, is it possible the, the announcer the have to be quite right? Is yeah. it possible that the games could get so short and so fast that you and Bill may not be able to finish all the food they bring up to the booth to you guys during the course of a game? That's already happened. Is that what? That's already happened. So you get to go yeah. boxes, you get the clamshells. I mean, we're we're not even hungry by the end of the game. We don't have to have three meals in the middle of a game because it lasts so long. You know, it's like. Oh, this kind of fits. It's two and a half hours. I don't even feel like I worked a game after some of these games we've had. Recently. Well, yeah, I mean, because if someone came in and shortened the Bob and Brian show down to two hours, I think I'd really notice it. You would. You would notice it instantly and, uh, you know, added more. It's not like we're, we're, we're using fewer commercials and promotional materials, so you still got to get those in. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, here's a pitch, here's a card, here's a pitch, here's a card. Here's a card. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're we're uh, it's been great, man. I love it. Like it's, I think um, this feels like what what it was when I first started, and certainly when I was doing minor league games and what the game was forever. This is a good, normal, comfortable pace. Have and you come across storytelling? Have you come across anybody who says these games are too fast? I don't like it. One I, guy okay. actually in the uh, I, he was on the plane with me yesterday. He goes, "Oh, I kind of miss you know being able to settle in." Now he attends a lot of games, okay, and I can understand that that you want to get in, you, you don't have to be there necessarily right away, and you get to settle in. And but yeah, he's he's in the minority for sure. I think the games uh, the games beautiful as it is right now. What's really going to be interesting if you start to get late in the season or pennant race time. And somebody gets dinged for, you know, uh, a, a pitch clock violation, oh, like and now all of a sudden, like, wow! Game. I mean, that that could change a season. Yeah. Um, so, but we'll see. How much umps do the leeway? The how much leeway do the umps have on that? Do they? None. There's that's the whole point. Okay. I mean, on that's they well, have no. You know, in they the have NFL, to, they have to enforce it exactly as is. Okay, because the refs in the NFL will, you know, between plays, watch the clock, and if the quarterback doesn't uh, get the snap off, they have to look at the clock. Then when, they have to look you know, at the ball. Right, and, first they look yeah. and see if it's zero. Then they look and see if the clock is uh, the the ball is snapped, and it's really like a difference of a second or a second and a half. Yeah, but the umps are getting uh, a buzzer, uh, right? They have a little buzzer, yeah. a little buzzer on their wrist or hip. Um, I suggested they put it around their neck, but that didn't go well. So, <laughs> shock collar, right? But it, so you know, the the home plate umpire has to deal with so much more now, more than ever before. I mean, he's trying to call balls and strikes, which is the hardest thing to do uh, among the umpires, among the positions of the umpires, and so now you got to worry about the clock and how all the hand signals. We're still learning that. I wish they'd put a mic on them and. 
Yeah. And just allow them to click in and make a quick announcement. That would probably be the next phase that would help. You said during the course. We don't know. You said during the course of one of the games that they have added a lot of responsibilities to the umpires this year. Uh, you know, yeah. with all the new things umpire, that are going umpire, on. Especially. Um, so yeah. how far away are we from having robot umpires and just having the humans off the field altogether with all the data and information and pitch clowns and uh, getting the strike zone exactly right and all that? Five years? Yeah, well, well, we won't ever get to the point where umpires are off the field, but we are very close to getting the uh, the automatic balls and strikes. It's called ABS system, and it's being tested. And I actually watched a minor league game last year, um, a triple-A game with the ABS system. I thought it was great. It really um, – there's really no arguments. There's no – I mean, it is what it is, and the umpire's getting a, a – signal in his ear ball or strike and he's just making the call and that the lag time is minimal so it didn't even feel any different matter of fact most of the people in the stands had no idea they were using it i knew they were using it just because that's why i went to go see it it's like um, the uh, umps could be turned into leonardo they're just an assistant to the <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they'll still have to administer you know. the game they'll still have to be in the right position to you know, you don't want the whole thing full of replay. I mean, it still requires – that's why they shorten the replay window that you have to make a decision. They shorten that from 30 seconds to 15 because they don't they don't want all those minuscule little plays to be, you know, to be replayed all the time. That would, that would totally uh, kill the game. So they'll still be out there. They'll still – administer the game from behind the plate you know the home plate umpire may not one day have to call balls and strikes but he'll do everything else and um it'll look and feel normal is it possible since we're talking about max scherzer and i suppose anything is possible is it likely or could it happen max scherzer is 37 years old now he's been pitching this way all his life up until this year could it be that we'll say max scherzer used to be good now, with the sped-up uh, pitch clock, he's pretty average. He's very hittable. Yeah. No, that's that's going to happen because he, here's – and here's the main reason why is because a guy like Max Scherzer is 37 years old, and it's pretty much been proven that – and the reason why it started to drift as it did was because pitchers were taking longer between pitches to help their recovery. So – you know, they're taking as much as they can, and each year it's slipped a little bit more and a little bit more. So you can go max effort, no pun intended, but you can throw as hard as you can, take a little bit extra time to recover, go as hard as you can on the next pitch. And if you can, you know, maximize that space between pitches and not get penalized for it, which they weren't, um, that's kind of the point. And so pitchers aren't going to be able to – you're going to have to make an adjustment. You either can't throw max effort because you don't have the recovery time in between anymore, or you have to learn how to pitch again. Now, Max Scherzer definitely knows how to pitch, so he'll have to use different things in his arsenal, but it won't be max velocity because these guys – Scherzer in his last two sixth innings, he's given up just about all of his runs. He's actually been very good in his first five innings of the two starts he's made. So, you know, I, I think the, the age is going to come down. I think, you know, it's going to bring back the breaking stuff, you know, the old 
Remember, we used to do it the summer. We used to talk about the summers or uh, the pitchers who don't have the electric fastball. I mean, so many players now, pitchers now, throw 95 or above. It's way more than it's ever been. Well, that that's not going to be the case anymore because you don't have that a little extra recovery time, and and that stacks on top of itself. That's going to you know, take, take some years to. Uh, that's yeah. going to take some years to work into baseball, right? I mean, if they start throwing screwballs and curveballs and drop balls and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get back to that. It's coming, believe me. It, it's gonna happen. Like Wade Miley, the reason he did not retire is because this this pitch clock situation actually makes him more valuable because hmm. he already pitches like that. And he already pitches fast. It's, he doesn't have to adjust his pace at all. But now all of a sudden, you bring back the pitchers who actually can't just stand up there and throw as hard as they can and overpower people. There's still going to be good velocity in the game, but you won't be able to do it. Oh, hey, Brian, you're breaking up. Are you still there? Uh-huh. Yep. Go back to where uh-huh. you were. Go back to sitting in the chair you were sitting in 30 seconds ago because you're breaking up on us. <laughs> Sorry about that. Can you hear me okay? Uh, you're getting a little bit better here. Can Can you hear us all right? I, oh, yeah. Okay. I can hear you fine. Yeah. All right. Here's okay, how I feel about baseball right now. This is my analogy. When you're a kid, okay. uh, you had a lawnmower, and your old man was always adjusting it. He always had a screwdriver in the carburetor, right? And you could hear it getting, you know, it's like, oh, that sounds good. Leave it alone. That's how I feel about baseball right now. Leave it alone. We got it's right where it should be. The game times are good. It's moving along at a nice pace. There's runs being scored. Let's just leave it alone now. Move on to NASCAR and get those races to (laughs) finish better. So that isn't so stupid. Here, here. Hey, uh, so you're off to uh, off to uh, Philadelphia for a for a basketball game. Yeah, I'm here. And matter of fact, I'm staring at City Hall right now out out my window. I'm I'm in the heart of Center City, Philadelphia. We've got the uh, Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. And then, then the end of the regular season is this weekend, and then we start the play-in tournaments next week, and then the playoffs start a uh, week from Sunday. So we'll be. So we'll I imagine be, you got you got plenty of basketball playoff action. By the up. way, nice job yeah. during the tournament again. Yeah. Thank you. That was great. We had great games this year. We yeah. never never get that many games in a row. <laughs> but yeah, it was really nice, fun. Nice job. But uh, can you see the bench? Ben Franklin statue, where you're standing uh, right I now. See the William Penn, the William Penn statue. Okay. You can probably hear all the sirens. That's a pretty much a 24 <laughs> seven occurrence. Don't, don't hear the sirens actually, but uh, <laughs> but all right. But since since we're on to to the NBA, the Bucks locked up the number yeah. one spot last night. Yeah, great. It was a. It was yeah, a. They're great. I mean, they've they've had an amazing season. They got a chance to win 60 games. It's really hard to win that many games in the regular season, especially in the era of load management and protecting players. But the Bucks have a real, a real team, you know, a re- it's not just Giannis. It's they have a, a real They have team a deep that, roster. It's, it's certainly yeah, not they just They can go Giannis. to a lot of levels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're fun. And I love Mike Budenholzer. He's one of my favorites. Um, he's, I've known him forever. Uh, he was, with the Spurs when I was working there, and I, I've I've seen him from the time he was a video coordinator to now, and he's a brilliant he's a brilliant um, 
coach. He, he's, he's a real – he earns great respect from his players, and I can remember him doing the scout, you know, back in the day in the Tim Duncan and David Robinson era, just this young guy who just commanded the room and would lay out the scouting report, and he's, uh, he's top-notch. Uh, I think the Bucks struck oil when they signed him and, um, you know, already has one championship, and I think – he and John Forrest have built a, just a beautiful roster that, and players get better. That's really probably the most important thing. They improve under Budenholzer, and he's had, you know, a lot of great regular seasons with Atlanta and then with Milwaukee, of course. But uh, players do improve, and that's what you need. You you need layers in the playoffs. Those rotations get really small, you know, down to eight, sometimes nine. So you're not going to play all those players, but you have to know that they're ready in case there are injuries. Uh, are you keeping an eye on golf today? Or, uh, even though you're working, you got yeah. a 76ers oh, yeah, game tonight. For sure. Yeah. Who do you like in the, I Masters? Love the Masters? Who do you? My who... favorite tournament. Um, Scott Shep, Scott Scheffler actually is the, my pick this year, but I think Justin Thomas would be a strong pick too if, if you can still get your picks in. Yeah, I I think it. Well, I don't know because they've started, but anyway, how's your game? How's your golf game? Well, I haven't played in a while, but. Um, you know, I'm I'm okay. I'm, I think I I my index what it was when I got here uh, dipped a little bit. So, but actually, I was able to peel it back. I think I'm a maybe a three index now. So, I was able to get a few strokes back last summer. Really, I don't believe it. <laughs> when do you have, when do you have time? <laughs> right. Yeah, summer for sure. I in the fall too. We'll go. I'll go to Texas quite a bit in the fall and winter and I'll, I'll see my family down in Texas and we'll play golf. We're a golf family. So yeah, right. I can't wait to play again. I think our course is opening this weekend. I won't be playing, but oh, yeah. I think it'll be open. Do you have a family vacation or anything planned anytime soon? Just you know tell what? us about your Monday around the house stuff. My, my uh, brother and I during the MLB all-star break are going to Scotland. First time I've ever, had a trip to Scotland. We're going to play a bunch of golf and hang out, and we've always talked about doing it, and we're finally going to do it this year. Right in the middle of July. Yeah. The, the, perfect. The, the days will be like... Yeah, it's never going to get dark. 20 hours long there, right. won't they? Yeah, no, I, one of my tea times is like 4.30, and I, I was just <laughs> communicating via email going, hey, don't rip me off here. Uh, oh, no, you can play till 10. <laughs> yeah, right. We should have plenty of time to get it in. Oh, yeah. It's hey, I was born at early. night, but I wasn't born last night, 4 o'clock tea time. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. So, well, as you know, this is our MacFund Radiothon, Brian. Thanks for joining yes. us. We appreciate the help. Of course. You guys do great work, and I always look forward to this every year, and the MacFund is um, – it's such an important piece to the Wisconsin puzzle, but also uh, around the country, too. There's really nothing like it, and and uh, I'm always happy to support it. I've, turned, uh, I've gone into an ambassadorship with uh, Children's Hospital, and I'm really enjoying that relationship, and we're doing a bunch of really cool things, and obviously the Mac that's, Fund is a big part of that. So that's awesome. Great yeah. job on you guys every year. All right, Brian, thanks for the time. I know uh, you... I know you don't need a lot of time, but you need some time to get ready for the game tonight. <laughs> We're all good. Thank all you right. you guys. Thanks, Brian. All right, Brian. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Brian Anderson.